everyone and welcome to a day in the life today i'm joined by lily brandon who is a physician assistant and lily and i met in the third grade so you can say we've known each other a while um, but now she works as a physician assistant and i'm super, super excited to catch up with her welcome lily hi thank you so much for having me i appreciate it yeah so um you know since we we grew up kind of together, but then we've gone our separate ways. I'd love to catch up with you first on just what your career journeys look like so far. How'd you get to where you are now? So, um, yeah, we have known each other a long time and um, we, we both, I, we both took careers I wasn't expecting us to take. I never expected to be in the medical field. I was very not, I was not interested in going to med school at all, even a little bit, even in college. Um, and I actually didn't know what a physician assistant was. Um, I had seen a couple, but I didn't really think much of it. And um, my mom actually suggested that I go to a um, career counselor. And I took a test and it like gives you five results and all of them said physician assistant. So <laughs> uh, my senior year of college, I decided I'm gonna be a physician assistant. And that's kind of where it started. <laughs> Wow. So, so what did you think you wanted to do before you took that test? Um, I'd wanted to be a vet ever since I was little. And then I got into college and um, my best friend that I met in college, who is now a vet, was pre-vet. And we talked about it a lot. And I realized that I really didn't want to be a vet. Um, I really wasn't prepared for all the nitty gritty, nasty stuff of being a vet, um, you know, putting animals down, animal abuse, stuff like that. I just had this idealized version of it, unfortunately. And so after that, I was kind of lost. I loved science. I'd always been good at it. So I figured I was just going to be some sort of research person in a lab. Um, but my parents just you know, always were like, you ever thought about medicine? I know you said you don't want to go to med school. I know you said you don't want to go to med school. And it's kind of, it was almost one of those things that I was like, fine, I will take this career test and prove to you guys that I'm not meant to be in medicine. And it backfired <laughs> terribly. <laughs> so yeah, but it, I really just fell into it. Um, I honestly, I completely just stumbled. I actually, when I decided to be a, um, to go to a physician assistant school, I actually was already in, um, well, I was, I was already accepted to a master's program at my college, completely different. Um, so I, I did that because I was already accepted into it. So I left my master's program with a MS in biology and was like, all right, so I guess I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna go back to school <laughs> again. <laughs> So yeah, it just, it was a, it was a real journey <laughs> to say the yeah. least. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> so if you were going to get your master's in biology, were you planning to go like that PhD route? Um, I never really thought about it. I, um, I did undergrad research and I got offered a graduate assistantship. And so basically they were like, we'll pay for your master's degree. And I was like, cool, sounds awesome. And I get to teach and I could see if I enjoyed teaching because, you know, both my parents are in the world of education. So I thought maybe I would enjoy that. Did not, hated it, hated every second of it. Um, loved research though, still. So I, when I finished that program, I actually was kind of 50-50. I was like, well, if I don't get into PA school, I guess I'll just go be a researcher. 
And I worked as a medical assistant for a year after college, after, after my master's degree. And then I actually got a job as a biomedical tech researcher. So, um, and I, I got denied from PA school twice. I applied two times. Um, and then I took, I took that job and I was doing it and I, I really missed, I missed being a medical assistant. I missed medicine. I missed all these things that I thought I was so nonchalant about. And so I um, worked as a researcher for five months, um, abandoned that, got a job at Memorial Hospital in Savannah as a clinical research assistant to work with medicine again. And that was, I decided to reapply to PA school one last time and here I am. <laughs> nice. So I'm going to ask a really ignorant question. What's the difference between like a medical assistant and a physician assistant? Oh, that's not ignorant at all. Um, so they actually just recently changed the name from physician assistant to physician associate because that's a really common question. Like people are very confused. They're like, well, you know, an MA, a PA. And so sorry, something's on my face. Um, a physician assistant is a provider, very similar to a nurse practitioner. I always like to say we are basically different sides of the same coin. So physician assistants or associates, as we are soon to be called, the name change has been approved, but it's still being implemented, um, can see patients, see their own patients, uh, write prescriptions, order lab tests, interpret results, um, do minor surgical procedures, do work in any specialty in medicine and see patients in any specialty in medicine. Whereas a medical assistant um, typically works, they can work in any field of medicine, but they typically are more in like outpatient offices, um, somewhere basically where you need to do a lot of, you know, vitals and you have a lot of rotating people coming in and out. And um, when I was a medical assistant, I did a lot of the vitals. I took histories. I um, drew labs. I would run lab tests and stuff. So both are uh, incredibly necessary for the medical field to function. Um, I just like to think of PAs as almost more like an intermediary between, um, you know, you have the doctor, you know, which everyone is like, oh, you know, we know what doctors do. And then you have, you know, nurses, and then you have MAs, and then you have um, even CNAs and all the other people's like, oh, we know exactly what these groups do. And then PAs and nurse practitioners are kind of right in the middle, right there. So it's, it's like we kind of share duties with both um, nurses, MAs, you know, even CNAs, and then also um, some of the things that doctors also do. That's a really helpful explanation. So yeah, since my mom is a nurse, like I've, I've known about nurse practitioners, but so then what's the difference between like what you do as a physician assistant or associate and what a nurse practitioner does? Honestly, um, they're honestly the exact same thing in my experience. It's just how you get there. So with nurse practitioners, you obviously go to nursing school first. Um, you do nursing school and undergrad, some programs, you can go straight into getting your master's of nursing. And then also you have the doctoral of nursing and DNP, um, but you stay on that nursing track. So with PA school, it was actually designed, um, it was created at Duke University and it was designed for military medics. 
who would go to the military and they would have all this medical training and then they come back to the US and there was really nothing they could do because they weren't they weren't nurses they weren't they didn't go to school they didn't get a degree but they were medical they were medical professionals and so um, the physician assistant was kind of born out of people who had medical experience but didn't follow either the medical school track or the nursing school track so we get a lot of people um, who are EMTs, medical assistants, radiology techs, ultrasound techs, a lot of people who maybe, you know, I don't wanna go to med school, that's not really my dream, that's not really my goal, but I do wanna do more. And I don't wanna go all the way back and start at nursing school and then work my way up from there. I see, I see. Yeah, and so then I guess, you talked about going to PA school. Is that like another bachelor's degree or what? what is, what is that? Uh, it's a master's considered? degree. So most programs are around 27 months, so a little over two years. Um, and you get a, um, some schools call it a master's in physician assistant studies. I think some, I can't remember, some have a slightly different name, but they all are just a master's. Of, so you have to get a four-year bachelor's and then you can apply to your master's. And then there's actually a doctoral degree for PAs as well. You can get your doctor, uh, doctorate in medical science. So that is the PhD, well, I like to say doctoral degree of um, PA school because it's not, it's not quite a PhD. You're not really doing your own research. You're not really, you know, some programs you might be, but most of that is, um, administration stuff, uh, public health stuff, things to kind of broaden your field and give you more ability um, to work in all aspects of medicine, not just um, kind of the practical day in, day out aspects of medicine. Could you give an example of what administration looks like? Absolutely. Um, so Behind the, behind the curtains of medicine, we all know there's admin, we know there's office managers, we know there's practice managers, we know there are a thousand and one administrative thing. So um, PAs can actually do a lot of those things. So um, for example, where I worked before PA school, I worked at a, the Cancer Institute at Memorial, the Anderson Cancer Institute. And so we had a director of the Cancer Institute and um, her degrees, I believe it was as hospital administration. So you're trained in basically running a business, the business that is healthcare. And it's balancing, you know, the thing people don't wanna talk about, it balances money and patient care. Because if there's no money, there's no patient care. But if you're not caring for your patients, it doesn't matter if you're making money because you're, you're, you're failing. So PAs and a lot of, um, PAs who have decided to go get their doctorate degree will move into fields like that, or they'll even move into fields like teaching. So um, a lot of PA educators are um, going on to get their doctorate so that they have more information and can give kind of a more well-rounded um, educational experience than just read this book and <laughs> take this test. So that's kind of um, where it's at. I do know a couple of PAs and some forums that I follow who actually are chief medical officers at certain hospitals with their doctoral degree. So it can really vary what you decide to do with that degree. Yeah, that sounds fancy, a chief medical officer. <laughs> I know. It's, I, I was like, what? I had never heard of such, but apparently yeah. it's out there. 
Okay. Yeah, it's it's interesting because in, in both education and healthcare, I'm seeing like administration is like the kind of like the higher level sort of role or like like you said, business side. I like I like that kind of way of classifying it. But then I think in like the world I work in anyway, administration is more like uh, like those tasks that are um, like being somebody's assistant or, or something like that, like for like a, for an executive, or that's how I hear it a lot is like, if somebody's somebody's a, like, I don't know, admin. So it's kind of like sometimes confusing terminology. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's confusing in the medical field too, because um, a lot of um, physicians specifically do a lot of admin duty, which is they always consider being, you know, paperwork and going to meetings and being on committees and all those little tiny business things that a lot of them, um, I mean, a lot of just people in medicine in general didn't think they were signing up for going into medicine. But the world of admin is unfortunately never going away. <laughs> um, and kind of a big part of you know, growing the field of being a physician um, assistant slash associate. I'll probably just start saying associate moving forward just because it's going to be the new name and I've been practicing. Um, but being a physician associate is also getting into those fields and having a voice in those fields and being able to not only have our collaborative teamwork effort be inside the clinic, but also be outside the clinic to support our, you know, other healthcare team members in the the unfortunate addition of admin work <laughs> yeah and and having your voice heard is very important i can i can assume just uh, absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah uh so yeah what's your favorite part about your job so um well right now i am on rotation so i am technically a pas2 which is a pa student second year so this is when we are going through all the clinical rotations. So we have seven mandatory, which are primary care, internal medicine, emergency, um, general surgery, pediatrics, OBGYN, and I feel like I'm forgetting one. And then we have um, what's called our elective. So something that we're very passionate about that if um, we can uh, rotate in. And the coolest thing is that after this year, when I do graduate and become an official, you know, PA and PAC, um, is I can actually rotate between all specialties at any time. So PAs have what's called lateral mobility, which means we move between specialties. So I can work as a primary care PA, I can work as an ER PA, I can work in dermatology. Um, we don't have to do a residency, which is you know what a lot of what, uh, what medical students and physicians have to go through, which is where they hone their specialized skills. We are what's called a generalist. So that's actually what pushed me to, to go this route in general. Um, I couldn't imagine doing one thing for the rest of my life. And being a PA, I don't have to, which is really, really great in my opinion. Yeah, I can like totally relate to that because I just feel like I, I look at the future and I'm like, I don't see myself doing the same thing forever. So that's really cool that you found that. 
Yeah, very, very much a big draw. I think it's the biggest draw of the PA profession because when most people ask like, why did you go to PA school? Why not med school? And almost everyone, even that I've talked to in my class are always like lateral mobility, being able to jump from specialty to specialty and, and see it all and do it all. Yeah, that's really cool. So I don't know if you know yet, but what would you say is your least favorite part about it? Oh, my least favorite part. Um, oh, probably just having to constantly defend your right to be there. Um, I can sing the praises of a lot of wonderful physicians, a lot of wonderful nurses, a lot of wonderful nurse practitioners who support the PA profession, who, you know, support PAs and believe in us and understand what our skill level is and utilize us to the best and most of our abilities. But for every single one of those, I know somebody who doesn't who thinks we are incompetent, who thinks we are just pretend doctors, who thinks that, you know, I mean, there was a whole medical journal article posted about PAs and NPs providing subpar care and that we are hurting the healthcare field. And that's incredibly hurtful because that's, that's nobody's goal who's getting into the healthcare field. And I mean, if anything, PAs and NPs we're here to make healthcare more accessible for everybody. So that's probably the, the worst thing I've experienced thus far. I'm sure there could be much worse, but we're, thus far, that's, the, that's been the only, only downside. Yeah, it's never fun to have to like argue for why your job is important. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> and that is, it's a, and I know a lot of NPs fight that battle as well. You know, it's, it's nice knowing that we're not alone and that um, even though some PAs and some NPs do not get along and that is a whole social media, Reddit, what have you thing, um, every single NP I've met, you know, has been like, we're both um, mid-levels. We're both, you know, providers trying to prove that we are good at our jobs and we have to stand together. And so that's, with that badness came a lot of support from, you know, other fields, which is nice. That is nice. And NP is nurse practitioner. Yes. Sorry. Oh, no worries. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. Um, yeah. So one thing you mentioned that you were interested in talking about was the, like the financial aspect of applying and uh, applying to PA school and like the cost of school and certification. So you want to get into that? Yeah. Um, that is something that I feel like it's glazed over a lot. And especially in the sense of one of the selling points of PA school, people always say is, oh, it's cheaper than going to med school. Oh, you, you won't go so in debt. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And technically, that is correct. You will not spend as much money as med school because you are not in school as long as med school. You know, PA school is only two years, maybe two years and three months. Med school's four. Obviously, you're gonna be paying tuition two more years. It's gonna cost more money. I am um, at school in our hometown of Savannah. Um, the biggest reason that I wanted to go there is because I could live with my parents 
and my parents pay, you know, I live with them. They pay for my groceries. They let me live with them for free. I have, I mean, I'm very lucky. I'm very, very, very lucky. And I'm still going to come out of school just tuition debt with about $110,000. Yeah. So, and that's no cost of living, no nothing. And that's not counting applying to school. So when you apply to PA school, you use this thing called CASPA. It is like a big online resume that you send to multiple schools. And every PA website, every PA book, every PA how to get into PA school tells you you need to apply to at least seven. Seven is this magic number they've come up with. Well, it costs like 100 to $300 per application just through CASPA. And then it also, if they have any additional uh, applications, which most of them do, that normally costs between 50 and $75. So you're looking at dropping about 1000 to $1,500 just to apply to PA school. So is it worth it? Absolutely, absolutely. But I feel like it gets glazed over and, um, I feel like it even gets glazed over when you talk about it um, within the community because it is so worth it. It's like, oh, well, you know, and then um, the, the cherry on top is if you do get into a PA program, you have to pay to reserve your spot and it's non-refundable. So if you get in, you have to pay. And then if you get into another place that you want to go and go to instead, you've lost the deposit you've put on your seat. Because it's just that competitive. It truly is. Um, I think, I want to say my school said they had about 2,000 applicants the year I got accepted. They accept 70 students. And that's more than most PA schools across the country. Most only accept 40. So, you know, it's the price of an incredibly um, competitive and desired field. But... I do sometimes feel like the price of getting there gets a little lost in translation, unfortunately. Yeah. And we don't have to go too in depth with this, but when you say it's worth it, is it like, uh, are you saying it's worth it because of like the payoff after or like the fulfillment of the job or both or both for sure. Both. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of unpopular opinions about certain things, but um, the idea that the person going into healthcare would still do it for free, I don't know anyone that would wake up and work 12 hours a day being screamed at and, you know, spit on and, you know, um, literally cleaning up people's mess um, for completely free. You know, there are those people out there. Absolutely. Um, So obviously we all work for a paycheck. We do. And with PA school, the pay is on average, very good. Um, And that is also something that draws people to the profession, obviously. Um, But more than that, it's also incredibly fulfilling. And I couldn't see myself doing anything else. It, It makes me happy. So um, I would still do this even if the pay didn't balance out the way that it does a lot. 
but I, I can tell you if this was, you know, if I had to do this for free, I just couldn't feasibly, like realistically do this. Right. <laughs> I mean, that just wouldn't, it just wouldn't work. But I mean, when you ask a lot of people in med school, it's like, you know, they come out with half a million in loans. And then, you know, people are like, it's like, why did you take a specialty that's, you know, super high paying? Why didn't you go work in, you know, Doctors Without Borders or something like that? No, because people have to eat, people have to survive, people have families. And, you know, when you have that much debt, it, it can cripple your entire life. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's, it's again, the double-edged sword of healthcare. Patient care is your number one priority, but if there's no money to take care of patients, then patients don't get care. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot, <laughs> but <laughs> But yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad it's worth it. <laughs> it absolutely is. I, I, I don't like to talk about finances to scare people. I like to talk about finances to be realistic because um, I've had too many experiences where I have gotten close with a coworker and we've talked about things and we've talked about, you know, we've talked about how much, you know, we make. And when you realize that somebody's getting, getting the short end of the stick when they shouldn't. And you're like, that doesn't, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem correct. And, you know, it's somebody being like, I'm going to go to PA school. Everybody says it's so much more affordable than being a doctor. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, if that is your only, if that is your only reason to go into this field is you think you're going to save money on school, my friend, <laughs> that is not, you're going to be very disappointed with that end loan number, I promise. Yeah. And it's really important to talk about too, because it's like, people are scared to talk about money and I, it's, it's good to like be realistic about, okay, this is actually what it's going to cost and, and weigh it with the benefits. Yeah. And I mean, it, you know, it's one of those things that I personally think it's super worth it. I think if you want to go to med school, it's super worth it. I mean, but you know, if, if you think you're going to roll out of there, you know, if you think you're going to roll out of PA school making $200,000 a year after spending like $50,000 in school, then someone has blatantly lied to you. Someone has blatantly inflated some numbers, gotten some bad data, because that is not how this works at all. Because like, you know, if you roll out of PA school making $200,000 a year, hit a girl up. I would love to know your recruiter. I would love to know where you got a job. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, kind of the last thing about in this, in the work area, I wanted to know about like, I guess, what's the day in the life like for a physician assistant? Um, yeah, sure. So, uh, right now I'm working in, um, general surgery. So a typical day in general surgery is, um, if you're in the clinic that day, so it's pretty much just like a regular office. You have your patients start about eight 30, you start seeing patients, um, whether they're follow-ups or, you know, they have a new problem. We see a lot of um, gallbladder. We see a lot of hernias, you know, just every day, day in, day out, surgical issues. And, you know, you schedule surgeries, you talk to them about the risks, the benefits, you walk through all the options with them. Um, I know a big one is uh, a lot of people don't know that you can actually treat appendicitis now with antibiotics. So general surgery can get consulted to the ER um, with someone with appendicitis and you can actually talk about, you know, okay, we can take you to surgery or there's actually medical options you can do if surgery isn't something you want. 
And then um, on non-clinic days, which for me right now, my non-clinic days are Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, you go to the OR. And as a PA, what you do in the OR is you do what's called first assisting. So you have your surgeon who's performing the surgery and the PA is the one who is basically, it, I don't like to just def- use a word to define it, but you assist the surgeon, you're doing the suctioning, you're doing, um, you're holding retractors, you are closing wounds at the end of surgery, you are, you know, stitching up things back together, all that good stuff. So you get to pretty much be right in there while you're doing this, while you know, your, while your surgeon's doing the surgery, which is really, really cool. So, and then you have about three to four surgeries a day um, on a busy day. Sometimes you only have one. And then after that, you uh, go and check on your patients who have had surgery that are in the hospital. And that's pretty much it. Wow. Then, yeah, you know, it's a lot of different stuff. All, good stuff. <laughs> yeah. all the little, again, admin stuff that you do, but. That's really interesting. And like, I, I, I guess you've started this since the pandemic started, but like, what are some of the things that I guess you've had to change um, like, yeah, because of the pandemic. So yeah, I actually started PA school January, 2020. So the pandemic hit March, 2020. Um, so most of my classwork was online. So, um, I would listen to lectures online and, um, my exams were online and things like that. So it really required a lot of at-home practice, um, suturing, all that good stuff. Um, wound care, anything like that was, you know, I don't say like, don't give yourself a wound in practice, but it was just like practicing it over and over and over again at home. I mean, something I've been having to practice a lot here currently is just how to tie different knots when you're stitching, different, different suturing techniques, everything like that. So it's a lot of on your own learning, which I, I wasn't expecting, but you know, I, was not mad about. I enjoy learning on my own. Um, but that was probably one of the hardest things. And then obviously, um, COVID getting exposed to COVID very, very often. Um, and what comes with, you know, when you get exposed to COVID and then everyone else having to get tested and then quarantining and then not being able to go in and, um, not being able to see your, your, I mean, not only not being able to see your friends and family a lot when you're traveling to different rotations or you're working, but then, you know, constantly worrying about, am I going to expose them? Like, am I going to expose my mom if I go home this weekend? Am I going to expose my boyfriend if I go see him this weekend? Like, can I in good conscience go out to dinner with my friend? Because I've been going in and out of rooms with people who have COVID all day. So it just kind of changes how you approach your personal life a lot. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that uh, your, your PA school is in Savannah, but then you told me before you're living in somewhere else in, in Georgia. And so like, yep. are you, so your rotations require you to like go to different parts of the state? Yep. Um, some people can even leave the state. So we have agreements with hospitals. Um, pretty much everywhere. Um, not a lot, but I think we have like a handful, you know, in different states. So each rotation is at a different site. So 
let me see. I think my first two, one of mine was in Hines, um, yeah, Hinesville. The other one was in Savannah. My last one was in Atlanta. This one's in Waycross. So, um, and yeah, so you, we just, we get our schedule and we pack up and we find a place to stay and we camp out for five weeks. <laughs> I weeks. Yeah. So you, you're mentioning your rent, like, so you have, that's another financial aspect of yes. you have to like move for a month or, or five weeks. And a a lot of Airbnb, a lot of Airbnb. Um, yeah, no, that absolutely is a financial, um, thing. And that's actually, we actually lived with a med student for a little bit and her mind was blown. She was like, you guys have to find your own living situation. Like, yeah. And she's like, our school, finds it for us and pays for it. I'm like, yeah, because you, you pay more long-term. Like that's, again, that's the price with cutting costs. Yeah. It's like your med school pays for it, but you're still paying for it. Oh, you are absolutely paying for it. You are paying for it. You're just not paying for it right now out of pocket, but you are paying yeah. for it. So it's, it's things like that. Um, which, you know, there's a lot of like the place I'm staying right now is actually owned by a physician practice. So there's a lot of resources. Um, I know there's one, I think it's called, uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it's, um, it's a free housing program for medical students, PA students and NP students. So are they the nicest places? No. Are they free or basically free? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, so, uh, what do you do outside of work and school to decompress? Oh, um, not a lot. I have a terrible work-life balance. Um, if I'm not at work, I'm studying. If I'm not studying, I may be on TikTok. And if I'm not TikToking, I am asleep. But um, when I have a break, I, I, I love um, going out with friends. I really do. I love hitting up new restaurants and especially new bars. I'm a big the big bar person. I think cool bars are like the neatest thing ever. It's really lame. Um, but also uh, my boyfriend and I, well, my boyfriend, um, I've just joined in. Um, he collects board games. And so we play a lot, a lot, a lot of board games, um, a lot of strange board games, a lot of board, like uh, I always tell people um, like Settlers of Catan or Catan and uh, pandemic. It's like that's the that's like the that's the bottom tier of, yeah. the, of the board games we play. Like that is that is our intro to board games for new people. Um, I know our friend group at many points have have worried if we were going to break up over a particularly particularly intense board game. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I do a lot of that, and I still um. I don't, I don't get to play video games a lot anymore, but um, I watch um, people online play video games. <laughs> it's like, I almost, I almost can get that feeling. It's like, I can, I can judge them for not playing how I would play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I remember when we were kids, we like you, you introduced me to super smash bros and like, and then uh, subsequently I used to make like peach and March fan fiction. <laughs> like, I love because, that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was, that was like, I, that's just like one of those things I remember you introducing me to among like other things, like, like Pokemon and like Sailor Moon and stuff. <laughs> just giving away all my, all my nerd secrets. I still, I still watch so much anime, so much anime. I still read so much manga. 
that's actually what I was doing. Um, I was actually on my phone uh, reading web comics online. Um, I have the social skills, uh, same as when we were in third grade, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I've but, been pretty into webtoons like lately. I don't know if those are the ones you read or you read other yes, ones. Yes, I love um, like Lore of Olympus is one that I'm reading. Yes, that's right what, that was my gateway one. <laughs> love it. Um, read a little bit of God of High School and then um, um, I just I just lost the title of it. I have so many on the brain, but they actually just made it into an anime. It has um, the main character's name is the 25th Bam. Um, so good so good they just made it into anime i can't really i can't remember what it was called tower of god it's called tower of god oh okay oh so good so good <laughs> awesome yeah i um i was reading one like some of them like laura olympics or laura olympus is coming out with uh like a graphic novel which is super cool That's and awesome yeah and then another one i backed on kickstarter let's play and that was that was, oh. that was fun so good i love let's play I'm, yeah. I'm pretty behind on it i'm not gonna lie um lore of olympus is the only one that i can kind of consistently keep up with right now i got the graphic novels. <laughs> oh i love that so much that's yeah. great i mean it's a great story and i mean the the realm of webtoons is just amazing like mind-blowing mm-hmm <laughs> yeah, I like I like just like the kind of the, the way they've adapted it to the mobile format where you're just like scrolling through because I, I think so I've tried nice. to read manga or something online before and it's a little harder like on your computer. Yeah, it's not it. it's not ideal. I mean, I, I miss the days of sitting in the in the Barnes and Nobles back aisle reading, yeah. reading the manga that my mom is definitely not going to buy for me. <laughs> um, but it's webtoons is has been a good a really good outlet um like you're saying like things i do in my spare time um because they're so quick and i can take like a 15 minute break and like scroll through one and actually decompress for a second yeah <laughs> yeah and then speaking of board games uh i i have this group of people i met in California where that like, like a ladies board game group. And I started playing board games with them and I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, like you said, Catan and like pandemic are just like, like intro level. And like, I'm just like Crazy. learning. Yeah. There's so many games and there's, there's, there's so many levels of complexity, but they're super fun. It's just kind of like, I I've, I've been playing on board game arena lately because I'm trying to actually practice because otherwise, like I just go to these things and I'm like, I'm just learning all the games because I know nothing. <laughs> no, it's um, it's a lot of fun. My boyfriend is the board game person. He learns all the rules. He always wins because he's a cheater, in my personal opinion. <laughs> um, not really, but maybe a little. Um, but it's a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun with friends, and especially um, not during the pandemic, but when we were kind of cleared to be able to like gather in small groups again. Um. It was a really good way to like reconnect to each other and we could just hang out and we could drink and we could play some board games so yeah it's, it's a lot of fun a lot of fun yeah so i'm um, so you're saying that or you mentioned before that kind of on weekends you you decide if you want to go visit your parents or your boyfriend and so it just depends on i guess how far away you are and and covid exposure and all that and yeah but. <laughs> um, yeah pretty much i i go see my boyfriend most weekends because um he takes care of my cat um he says it's his cat it's definitely it's definitely my cat um but um Rufus he stays with Scott and um 
he has a, and Scott has a dog, Megan's. And so he takes care of the pets and I try to go up there. I try to go up there almost every weekend um, because when I'm on rotation close to Savannah, I live with my parents. I just stay there with them. So I do, I do get to see them. This is, this is probably the longest I've gone not seeing my parents in a time frame just because I've been, I was in Atlanta and then I came here to Waycross. So it'll be about 10 weeks of not seeing my parents, um, which is not in the scheme of things, not that long, just longer than they're used to. So right now I've pretty much just been going to see my boyfriend on the weekends, but like if I, um, if I had another rotation after this, that was a way I would probably start alternating and try to go see my parents at least one weekend or two. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you're, um, all done with PA school, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, what are you, what are, what are you hoping to happen down the road? Um, the long-term goal right now, the long-term goal is I actually want to be a traveling PA. I want to do what's called locum tennis and work for a company. I probably just butchered that, but um, I work for a travel company where I just go in and fill in in different hospitals across the country, like when people are on maternity leave or if there's low staffing. And um, doing that, you can kind of work, you end up working in like all the specialties all the time. And I was like, nothing would make me happier than doing something for three months and then boom, do something different and not have to switch jobs every three months because that's not feasible. So um, right out of school, that's not super feasible just because you really need to kind of build up your skills, build up your resume. But um, long-term goal is I, I want to be a traveling PA. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember you talking about at one point, like trying to live in the same place as your parents. But so like, I don't know if that's is something that like would they would they travel with you or <laughs> uh, probably not but um yeah. so most of the time with traveling gigs that I've looked up I'm just don't, I don't want people to come for me that I'm misleading because uh -huh. you know but um you can take specifically with this one company I looked up you can take like 30 days in between assignments so I don't know if I would take that long but I definitely and you know Scott and I have talked about this too I definitely would want to have like an apartment or something near my parents so that I could take that time off and just spend, you know, time with them. Because even if I work in the same city as them, like we're not going to see each other super often because we're, we're, everybody's busy. But, you know, if I can take off like, you know, 15 days in between assignments, I can just come home for like two weeks and actually be around them and actually like, do things with them and enjoy my time with them instead of trying to cram in seeing them on like a Tuesday night after work. Yeah, that's really cool. And then having that traveling experience, you get to see different parts of the country and different specialties. So that, I guess if you ever wanted to settle down, you could. Yeah, yeah, no, like exactly. exactly. That's, that you, you nailed it. Because um, if I find something I truly love, I can just go straight into that forever. <laughs> that's really cool. All right. Well, this has been really great catching up with you, Lily, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Yay. Thanks for watching. Be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss a single show. Interested in being on the show? Know someone that might be a good fit? Use the nomination form in the description.